Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. What's up, know-it-alls? You got stuff you don't need to know. I'm Jay, and let's get down to it. So, you know, on the heels of an excellent interview with Brett Murphy, who is the co-creator of the comic Paranormal Hitmen, I am actually very fortunate to be talking to the co-founder of Behemoth Comics, Nathan Yoakum. Nathan, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Appreciate it. Excellent. So, you know, let's just get right into it. Um, you know, kind of before we talk about Behemoth and, you know, how it how it got started and, and where you guys are going. I always like to ask, um, you know, when did you yourself get into comic books and what were some of the first titles that you read uh, as a kid or a young adult? Man, it, I was say, it's probably pretty sad, but I didn't get into comics until recently. I think it's kind of the funniest thing about it is that whenever we started a comic book studio, I had never read a comic book and like people still joke with me about that, but it's, it's absolutely true. And honestly, I think it's one of the saddest things, but it's also it kind of, I mean, it's kind of great because you get this new passion, you know, out of nowhere late in life, you know, mm-hmm. I'm 28 now. So it was I think probably about 25 whenever I first read walking dead, which, you know, it was one of those scenarios where I was talking to the guys here at behemoth and I was telling them like, Hey, you know, like, well, let's, let's make some comics. And they're like, well, yeah, well, let's go to a comic store. I was like, there's comic book stores. They're like, yeah, there's like, there's a bunch of comic book stores. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like, what, what it is it? like Spider-Man. There's like, oh, there's like Walking Dead. I was like, oh, cool. There's a comic based off the TV show. And they're like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we got a long way to go with this guy. So, yeah, and it, it's it's funny. But, you know, now it's like it's an absolute big passion of mine. And, yeah, Walking Dead's probably one of the first things I got into, which is really weird. But, mm-hmm. you know, for that to be like the first thing somebody gets into. But, and I guess that's what's kind of gotten me where, you know, I really haven't seen any of the superhero movies or any of those. And it's just, okay. I'm huge into indie comics and uh, just whatever variety I can get. But yeah, Walking Dead's probably one of the first ones. And then I made my way to various different ones at Image and Black Mask and Boom and all these other companies. Great. And yeah, you know what? Hey, it is never too late to get into it. It's, it's kind of funny, though, that you that you said that, that, you know, oh, are there comic book stores around? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm from the generation where, you know, the 80s into the early to mid nineties. I mean, mm-hmm. they were like Starbucks. I mean, you, you had them everywhere and then the, right. the bubble burst, but they are still out there and they're doing a really good job. So considering that you kind of came to comics, you know, later in life, mm-hmm. what made you decide to, to start behemoth and, and get into comics? Yeah. I mean, we got super burned out. We worked at a video game studio, an indie one, like before all of us, and there's only a few of us left at Behemoth now, but all of us had worked at various video game studios in Dallas and well, in and around Dallas. And, um, the video game industry is a great industry. It's still to this day, the fastest growing entertainment industry. You got games like Grand Theft Auto that, you know, like is it 7 billion now. I think it just passed. It's crazy. And, um, just a massive industry that, it's fun to work in, but uh, there's a lot of things like 80 hour work weeks you have to do without question and without overtime pay. Um, yeah, it's a lot of crunch, a lot of sleeping under your desk and, you know, just different things like that that just they'll burn you out. And that's exactly what happened to us. We got burned down. We decided to start our own studio. And in making some mobile games, we worked with a, a entertainment company in New York for a little bit. And doing that, we said, well, we're not getting the creative 
stuff that we wanted to we, we didn't get to get a lot of ideas out because we were working for somebody else basically at that point and right so we said well let's let's make some more ips maybe we can make some small titles or something and it just came down to everybody was huge into comics like when we weren't working on video games they were reading comics and i was like kind of like the odd man out so i told him i said hey let's make a few comics it was a lot cheaper industry to get into a lot of video games are made for usually a million bare minimum and comics okay. were like well you can get into that for way cheaper so i was like well we can make a few of these and um it just so happened after making a few of them all of a sudden it became i was the one that was the most into comics and like pushing everybody and i was like man this is the greatest thing ever and um you know our first few ones were surprisingly successful so i guess it kind of showed us that we had something going correctly anyways no i mean that's great so I mean, did you find that working in the video game industry, do, do you feel that that really helped you prepare to kind of shift gears and go into the comic industry? Yeah, totally. I think it kind of gave us a little bit of a, a different perspective on the comic book industry as well. I mean, so one of the things over in the video game industry is they just have this just different outlook on how they promote their properties and how they present mm-hmm. things to their industry. So it's, it just gave us a different outlook. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, kind of gave us this kind of unique approach to how we're doing things now, although it's still really reminiscent of most comic book publishers. Cause you kind of have to be, you can't be this crazy different person coming on the scene, but, um, but yeah, it definitely gave us a huge boost in the know-how of what to do. Yeah. And, and one thing I definitely, you know, would say is, as compared to the bigger companies, of course, DC and Marvel, a lot of indie companies and, you know, in kind of looking at your guys, looking at your Instagram and looking at your webpage, I mean, that's really where this market really seems to be going with promotion and, and really getting the word out about comics. I mean, yes, comics are still sold in stores. That's where I get them or I, or I order them online, but you know, like you guys and a lot of the independent studios, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Boom, Black Mask, um, a few others. I mean, you guys really utilize uh, social media in, in, in the Internet. Um, I mean, do you kind of see like do you kind of see that expanding out more like kind of primarily relying on that to to get your to get your books out? Yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's humorous, but we kind of. We joked about it when we first started on how to approach social media because we knew that'd be the like basically the most important aspect of our business because at first you know we were like well, we're not going to be able to get into Diamond which is you know the main distributor of comic books in the U.S. Mm-hmm. We won't be able to get into them after we until we prove ourselves. Um, and thankfully we were very fortunate to actually get into them like right off the bat. But our initial thing was like we wouldn't, and so we knew social media was paramount to like us even surviving a year, and so. Yeah, but that that was one of the things we looked at is we looked at Wendy's, which is like <laughs> it's like one of the weirdest things to say. It's like that's a restaurant, but their yeah. business, like you can clearly trace their resurgence in the fast food industry based off of their social media presence and how they kind of became this humorous outlet, or at least I mean, you didn't have to like we. It wasn't our thing where we were like, well, we have to do what Wendy's is doing, but no, it was right. more like you can see that it is very important to a business's success. And so we kind of knew that that was, yeah, something very, very important going forward. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. it was humorous how we looked at Wendy's for that. But I mean, that's that's actually not a bad place to look because, I mean, I love Wendy's in general, but <laughs> their, their, but their Twitter page is like, it's one of the, like, you know, it's a fast food restaurant, but it's actually a funny, yeah. like, their Twitter is, is hilarious. And yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, it definitely generates interest in it. And um, 
you know, for the listeners out there, I'm definitely just like I did with Brett, you know, I'm, I'm going to put up, uh, you know, uh, behemoths, you know, I'll put up their website and their Instagram and you should definitely check it out. Um, so kind of like, what is, what is like your philosophy over there at behemoth in terms of, um, comics that you want to get out there? Um, do you guys have like a mission statement or, or sort of like a vision of, of the types of comics you want to put out? Yeah, we definitely had a early on. I think that's one of the things because we so we had like a slow start and in getting into the industry because I, you know, like I said, I didn't know anything about comics. And then the rest of the guys just really didn't know much about the industry in general. And so we had kind of like a slow like incubation period where we took like two years to kind of research the industry while we still took contract work in the video game industry. But during those two years, we really noticed that there's a lot of indie publishers coming up that are they're casting their net really wide. And we kind of joke about it, but we call them like IP farms. <laughs> where their whole idea is to just pick up anything and anything and everything that they can get a movie deal off of. And, and, you know, there, there's some things that we hear about from other publishers that were just like, Oh my God, like that's so shady and stuff. And we, so, but yeah, there was a lot of that stuff that we were like, you know what, like let's, let's see first few years, at least let's cast our net like really tight. So we only pick <laughs> up things that we really like. And you know, that, that, that's really probably the most important thing is it's that it's something that we all like something that we'd all read. Uh, we have to love the art. We have to love the writing, everything mm-hmm. about it. So it, it's really specific. And um, I think that that kind of shows that not everything that we're picking up is, it's not, you know, all, a bunch of different genres and a bunch of different age ranges. It's something that you can tell that appeases a bunch of guys like us. And, you know, and now we're starting yeah. to kind of move forward and get some all ages titles and move beyond that as we've kind of cornered ourselves into like an area so now we're starting to move on and yeah good start but yeah but yeah now we're starting to move on and get some more titles and i think uh yeah but we, we don't really specifically have a mission statement it's mm-hmm. still kind of as long as we like it we'll, we'll go for it i mean that's that's not a bad mission statement and right. you know i i think it, you know like you said uh some of the guys that still work there are comic book fans and i think oh, yeah. you know at the beginning you kind of joked and said like wow i came into comics late at life what I tend to find, I mean, myself, uh, I'm a little bit older than you, almost 50. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and I and I said this to Brett when I talked with him is, you know, as much as I love the characters I read growing up, you know, your Batmans and your Supermans and everything, I find that, you know, those big publishers, Marvel and DC, those, those type of stories don't appeal to me anymore. I mean, yes, I love those characters, but a lot of the stuff that the indie guys put out it's more adult in nature and it's, it deals with things that I really want to read at. And, you know, going on your website when I found Brett and then I found you guys, I mean, I already have a list here of stuff that I'm going to pre-order. Uh, of course, <laughs> Par- paranormal hitmen. Um, there was a title I saw there called a girl walks alone, a girl yeah. walks home alone at night. I, I looked at that and I looked at the cover art and I was like, I have no idea what this is about or where they're going with it, but I have to have this title. Um, a marriage of heaven and hell found footage, which that one, uh, that graphic novel, you guys actually packaged it in an old, like VHS, like Mm -hmm. cover box. That was really cool. Um, (laughs) and the other title that I saw that I definitely want to pre-order, I actually saw this on your guys' Instagram was you promised me darkness. Yeah. So, and I'm, and I'm like, these are stories that. I want to read and I am so glad you guys are putting them out there. <laughs> well, I mean, that's awesome. And I mean, obviously we appreciate it, but it's the humorous thing is like, I, 
each one of those titles you can trace to something that we're all passionate about like a marriage of heaven and hell we were big fans of like tarantino and his films and we grew up with those and so Mm -hmm. we saw that in that title in fact that's how it was pitched to us it's like it's a tarantino-esque project and uh girl walks home alone at night it's actually a a film uh that came out in 2000 i think 14 and the the director wrote the comic but she's also gone on to do she did a movie called the bad batch with jim carrey and jason momoa and a few others and um and now she's got she's got that cliffhanger reboot that with the all-female led one i i don't know if that one's still going but anyway she's got yeah so she wrote that but it it was like this horror kind of culty thing that we were into and um you know some of the other ones like you promised me darkness kind of had that sandman vibe which ryan that's my co-founder here that's his biggest thing so yeah but it's funny though it's like it really doubles down on what i was saying about everything is something that we're passionate about but it's really cool to see that it's something that other people are passionate about as well because it's humorous but you just don't know that until you launch the company which is an extremely terrifying thing Mm -hmm. especially as somebody that's not into con well wasn't into comics you know because it's like well this is stuff that i would read but is this stuff that anybody that's into comics would read and well thankfully it is but you know you just didn't know so it's scary yeah and and i think you know talking with you know talking to brett uh, a couple of days ago um talking to the guys that run the comic shops that i go to i go to a couple of different ones they all kind of agree is that you know the bigger the bigger companies again marvel and dc are still trying to like they're still kind of under the notion that kids read comic books and while some kids do, they're not looking for those. I I really don't want to say hokey. Yeah. I mean, not for nothing. I I mean, I got, I got a 20 year old, you know, she, you know, she was cursing, you know, in her teens, (laughs) you know, she knew, she knew about adult things in her teens, you know, and she doesn't mind as much as, I used to view comics as an escapist sort of fantasy. I don't mind the reality in it. And yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of readers resonate with that. So like, what do you, you know, what do you kind of think about that? No, I think that's spot on. And I think that's, that was kind of like the trend, like you saw with comics early on. And and that's why so many people kind of grew up and grew into it. And the eighties had that kind of shift Mm-hmm. into the more adult and kind of dark and well where characters had morals you know and you know it it was okay for a character to die that you loved and you to mourn over it and i think superhero comics they had that going for a bit they were the ones that kind of moved the industry but then they just kind of set there since the 80s and frank miller and all that stuff that you know that things kind of have just been there and you know you, you have the occasional writer like tom king that comes along that Mm-hmm. we'll move things a little further than Scott Snyder. But even for me, when it comes down to it, I would still rather read their creator own stuff. Um, like Sheriff of Babylon by Tom King and Scott Snyder, like undiscovered country and stuff. But, right. and I don't, and maybe that's just a testament to that. The superhero stuff I've, you know, now I can, if I wanted to, I could go watch the movies, but for the comics, there's so many other stories to be told there. Um, and especially like when you were talking about the kids stuff, uh, even like whenever you go into the younger kids stuff, there's a lot of people doing it better than Marvel and DC with that, with Scholastic, which is just Scholastic's absolutely taken over that market. And it was something the other day I heard that, uh, the dog man, that, um, comic that, uh, the guy that did Captain Underpants, he did that their first run of that's going to be 5 million. (laughs) It's just, it's like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, that's, um, it's phenomenal. So, yeah, it's yeah. Marvel and DC kind of got that weird thing that they kind of they're at a crossroads. They got to figure out where to go next, and 
yeah, it's going to be interesting. Well, you know, and, and this is something, uh, you know, when I had interviewed Brett the other day and he, he brought it up and, you know, tell me if you agree or not. You know, those companies now, you know, Marvel, of course, is owned by Disney and DC and Warner Brothers. So, you know, they don't they don't necessarily answer to the readers anymore. They answer mm-hmm. to stockholders yeah. and shareholders and that like, do you find since you guys are independent, you you pretty much answer to the readers like you, you, you fulfill yeah. their demands. Yeah, you, you know, you're spot on because right off the bat, it was like, well, we answer to ourselves. And then, um, right. which was which was a fun thing, obviously. But then <laughs> after that, you have to, yeah, once you start sinking in the print runs and stuff like that, you also have to start thinking of the readers and answering to them. And yeah, both of those situations are way better than having to answer to the, you know, the man or the woman above. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the money and the stockholders. Not, I don't, I don't say we don't have to worry about that. Obviously, you do. You know, smaller company, especially during like this virus, but right, um, it's just not it's not the first thing. And with them, I think that's the first thing. That's the main thing you have to worry about is the money. Um, mm-hmm. And for us, that's it's down the list. It's like fourth or fifth. You know, <laughs> it's like we we have so many other things to worry about. And um, so yeah, I think that's one of the the biggest things about being a smaller company is being able to really put the art first and uh, the story and everything like that is. That's what keeps you going too. So, so kind of leading into my next question here, um, if there was a, a writer and an artist, like either as a team, you know, that you could recruit into Behemoth to write whatever, you know, it doesn't matter what the title is, but sort of like who would be your like your dream get for like a writer and an artist? Yeah, I. I mean, to answer the question, it'd probably be Keanu Reeves, but it seems like Boone beat us to the punch on that. So, humorously, I thought that would probably never happen, and then it happened. So, it's kind of the cool thing. You're seeing that, you know, these these actors and actresses slowly come over. But um, it, probably more so, I think it'd be, you'd be surprised. It'd probably be less so, like, working with, like, uh, like, like, I named Tom King or Scott Snyder. It'd be less so working with them, and more so getting that book pitched to you that you've just you wish you created, you know, that, that dream mm. book. That's like, it just mashes up those things that you haven't thought of before that you see, you're like, Oh, this is the next, whatever. And I think it's more so that than looking for the specific writer and artist. And I think that's what keeps, keeps us just happy is we don't have to work with those big names. Um, right. We just, you know, we're passionate about the book. So, but to at least answer your question, I think, I think it probably be <laughs> on it, but boom. Yeah. Boom. Totally beat us to that one. So, you know, <laughs> Long shot. So. so to kind of follow up then, so if there's any creators out there that are listening and and my daughter is going to school for um, writing, writing and publishing, she's always expressed nice. interest in writing for comics. Um, one of her heroes is, uh, well, she loves James Tinney and the fourth. Um, nice. Big fan of Mark Wade, big fan yeah. of uh, Magdalene Visaggio. But, um, you know, for any potential creators out there, like, what advice would you give them, um, you know, if they were, you know, going to put something together and probably, you know, second part of that question, if they wanted to present it to a studio like yourself? So what advice could you give to them? Uh, I mean, if they were if they were submitting something to us, it's really just putting your best foot forward and then uh, not being afraid of rejection. I think that's one of the biggest things early on that I've seen a lot of people that are just afraid to be at least to even submit it, you know, just a weary of rejection. And uh, I think that's the biggest turning points in my life is where, you know, 
there was a company that I, I would want to work for or something like that, but I was just so afraid to be rejected. Mm-hmm. But once you start putting yourself out there and start getting that, you know, that feedback on your work, and then you also start networking with those people, everything changes. Uh, opportunities start coming your way. It's not about luck or about some miracle. It's not like once you put the work in and you start meeting the people, talking to them and putting your work in front of them, opportunities come and they come constantly. And even with companies like ourselves, you know, the opportunities are surprisingly all over. Uh, Some of the biggest stuff we're doing now is licensed books. And, you Mm -hmm. know, we're still still to this day looking for writers on a few of them. And they're with big companies. And uh, we've had a few titles coming up with Netflix. Uh, we have some mm-hmm. with some video game companies like Ubisoft. There's just there's plenty of work to be had, but we just <laughs> don't have enough people that know who we are and not even reaching out to us. But it's all about like what I said. Just don't be afraid to reach out, and who knows? Yeah, that's true. You never, yeah, you you never know until you try. I mean, that's like age old wisdom, but it's, it's definitely, it's still true today. Um, but would you, but would you say though, if they were going to put something together, not to worry about, not to worry about pleasing you, but to kind of like follow the story or, or the passion in their heart and just, you know, pour everything into that and not worry about, you know, will, will behemoth like this, will image like this, just, just put it down your vision. Yeah, totally. Just literally just put it down your vision because you never know when that one person's coming across it, that that was their vision too. And they're excited for it and they'll pick it up. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, there's just so many unknowns on the publishing end and who you're reaching out to. And yeah, you just don't want to even worry about it. Don't even think about it. Don't overthink it. Just, yeah, just work, put it together and yeah, follow your passion, follow your heart and uh, submit it. And honestly, more times than not, you'll, you'll be surprised the response you get back. Yeah. And, you know, for those that had listened to the interview with Brett, you know, when I had asked him how he hooked up with you guys, that's pretty much what he said is he and Wilson did a mock up. And I was kind of surprised. I said, it sounds like you just cold called on studios. You just sent them out to different studios and publishers. And he was like, yeah, exactly. And he 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 didn't come out and say it, but he kind of gave me the impression that he's like, if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. And, you know, I I have to do it. Yeah, he's got he's he's crazy. <laughs> he's got something, <laughs> he's got such a weird work ethic. Like we were joking with him because we're we're repped in in film and TV by a, a talent agency in Hollywood, and they they actively will look at our properties and try to get them film and TV deals, and that's just how things work. And Brett mm-hmm. Brett was like, "Well, what if I reached out to agents?" And I'm like, "Well, that's why we have an agent." And he's like, "Well, what if I did?" <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> like if you want to. And then all of a sudden he's coming back and he's like, well, this, this company's interest, this guy's interest, this agent's now offering this. I'm like, how are you? Like, that's not how Hollywood works. Like, that's not how any of this works. But that guy, he just, he completely just took that idea of traditional norms and how it works and like just showed it's not relevant anymore. Like things change. And yeah. So submitting your work to any studio out there, any publisher, it just, yeah, cold call, find the submissions email, send it or, you know, find the guy at the convention that's a submissions editor or something like that, or heck even find somebody that has very little to do with the company and then just poke them for who should I talk to at the company? I really want to be published by them. And, you know, but even stuff like film and TV where my understanding of that industry is and how it works is always like, there's a process and Brett just turned that on ahead, you know? So he's like, nah, (laughs) can can do it this way. Okay. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I mean, I definitely, I definitely got that impression speaking with him, and and you know, you're really just kind of confirming that. Um, so before we wrap things up here, uh, where can people, you know, find Behemoth Studios online? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, we're everywhere: uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all Behemoth Comics. Um, website is behemothcomics.us. I think .com redirects, so that works too. But um, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much the best places to find us. Otherwise, Previews World, which is Diamonds website for their previews catalog you can always search the publisher there and see all of our upcoming titles our past titles and of course there's plenty of other websites that you can go to like dcbs and things from another world where you can go to pre-order our books and make sure that your store carries them yeah absolutely uh i'm definitely the one here in my town i am definitely going to be hitting them up and letting them know they better start ordering some of your stuff but <laughs> like i said going going through your website i am definitely going to start to pre-order because a lot of these titles looked absolutely amazing and i'm again I, i'm gonna have to throw it to brett because he liked one of my posts about one of the episodes i put up and i followed it to him and found you guys and i'm very happy that <laughs> that happened <laughs> yeah it's awesome i appreciate it man Oh, anytime. So Nathan, again, thank you for joining us. And, you know, if in the future you ever want to come back and talk comics or even video games, because I do that here, uh, you are more than welcome. Absolutely. We'd love to. Great. And guys, as always, uh, do me a favor, head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. I post pictures about the content that I talk about. Know-it-alls, thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you guys later. You remember when you